1: Hello, my love tribe. Welcome back to HeartBlend Podcast. And today we have a very special conversation with Brendan Kumarasamy, who speaks very well about public speaking and how we can get better at doing that. So please enjoy this conversation. Hello, I am here with Brendan Kumarasamy from Master Your Talk. Is that correct?
0: You got it. So so the Instagram page is Master Your Talk, and the YouTube page is Master Talk.
1: Master Talk. Perfect. And he is here to help us with building our confidence with public speaking, and I just want to let him have the floor. If you could just start off with just telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with public speaking.
0: Yeah, of course, Lindsay. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, uh, my name is Brenda. I'm the founder of Master Talk. It's a YouTube channel I started uh, to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking and how I got started was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other Mm -hmm. guys my age were playing football, soccer, basketball, or other sports that I didn't really understand. What I did instead was I used that same competitive spirit and I poured it into presentations. So I competed Mm -hmm. in a lot of competitions uh, around the place. And I coached dozens of people on public speaking and I presented hundreds of times in university. So when I joined Corporate America, or I guess Corporate Canada in my case, I'm based in Montreal, I kind of just asked myself the the question that we all do at some point, which is, is there more to life than just this? Like, is there a way for me to to add more value, to contribute more to, the, to just humanity in general? And I just realized, luckily for me, that I was the, one of the youngest speech coaches in the world and nobody was really sharing anything relevant on communication on YouTube. You know, you hear mm-hmm. advice like, Oh, Lindsay, just imagine everyone in their underwear, and just like, wait, what? Or, <laughs> it never works.
1: It doesn't like, work. That just much... grosses me
0: out, right? <laughs> Trust me, that makes the two of us, especially when there's a lot of men in the room. It's not.
1: It's not. Don't want to see that.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not helpful for the both of us. So, anyways, <laughs> I, I started making YouTube videos. I thought it was a stupid idea, honestly, and I, and I was very keen on just being an executive at a company. But mm-hmm. after some time, I realized that uh, a lot more than one person was watching what I was putting out there for some reason. And uh, I decided to double down on the content. Uh, I went professional and never looked back.
1: Wow. I love that. So were you always like a super confident public speaker?
0: You know, I wish I could say yes. Absolutely, Lindsay. Too bad I'd be lying if I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, the short story of the, the origin Was so I'm based in a city called Montreal in Canada, and for those Mm -hmm. who don't know, there's probably a lot of lot of you listening. So Montreal is is an odd city in the sense that most people in it speak at minimum two, if not three, languages. The reason is because it's primarily an English country. You know, the, the main language of Canada is English. I'm sure everyone knows that, but in Montreal specifically, the province of Quebec there's a lot of French speakers, a lot of people who speak French. Mm, So mm -hmm. I, of course, since my parents were immigrated from Sri Lanka and I was born in the, in the city of Montreal, I did not know French. So my parents looked at me and they said, well, you got to learn the language, pal. So they, they threw me into a French education system, which ended up of course being very beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. But the issue that not many people face. So I kind of, experience the fear of presentations on steroids because not only was i uncomfortable with it for pretty much Mm -hmm. my entire education till the age of 16 Mm -hmm. i had to present in a language i didn't even know Mm. when i was in grade one or grade two i would look at the crowd and go uh bonjour (laughs) and and then the teacher would be like what's wrong with this kid (laughs)
1: i'm
0: I'm just kidding there but you know what i mean like i struggled a lot yes so I guess the short answer to your question, so for the short time I've been alive, I would say 80% of that time has been as a bottom 10% speaker.
1: Wow, <laughs> that's fascinating because like when everyone listens to you speak, it's like, oh my gosh, this guy's a whiz at public speaking. Like he must have just came out of the womb like with a mic in his hand, you know? <laughs>
0: It was actually two mics, Lindsay. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) That's
1: right. One for French and one for English. (laughs) And third one for a whole other language. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What advice do you have for anyone that's struggling to show that confidence when it comes to public speaking?
0: Right. So so I think a good way of starting the conversation off, Lindsay, is answering the one question that's on everyone's mind that not many people think about. Mm -hmm. And the question is, where does the fear of public speaking even come from?
1: Mm,
0: right. why, good are, point. why are we scared of this thing? You know, I've been on podcasts around the globe now and every single place that I talk to, whether it's a country in Europe or Asia, they all live completely differently. Their cultural norms are different, yet they all share the same fear that we do. Mm-hmm. So adding some layer to that conversation would be great. So the question we need to ask ourselves to determine this is where do we give the vast majority of our presentations? Where do we learn the habits? Mm
1: -hmm. As you
0: can probably guess, most of the presentations we get in our lives are in school, elementary school, high school, college, university. It's in that environment where we have the answer to the questions. Let's dive into them. Let's say me and you're sitting in high school together and -hmm. you have the teacher who comes up to us. Three things happen. One, we never get to pick the topic. And if we do, it's generally something We're not passionate about. Think about the Renaissance in history class. I'm sure most people are like, is that a fruit or something? (laughs) It's like a time period in history. We got to figure it out as the 15 year old kids that we are. Number two, Mm -hmm. students. The students that we're speaking to, the students that we're presenting to, don't care to listen to us, not because they don't care about us. Everyone listening, and me and you, we're all great people here. There's nothing wrong with us. The issue. Is that school is one of the few environments where you're presenting to people who are presenting after you? What does that mean? Mm. It means that when you're standing up there, Lindsay, and you're giving a presentation, the reason I'm not paying attention is not because I don't like the presentation, because you're sitting there, you're standing up there thinking, oh, wow, Brendan's not paying attention to me. This sucks. Like nobody's listening to my presentation. I must be Mm. a bad speaker. That's not true at all. What's mm-hmm. actually happening is I'm sitting there, I'm biting my nails because I gotta go ten minutes after you. Mm-hmm, so I'm thinking about right, So I'm thinking about my own presentation mm-hmm. in the same way you would if I went before you. Third thing, teachers, teachers are very well educated, very well intentioned, but also very stressed. When you got fifty or seventy students in a classroom and you got two classes to go through all of them, well, We got some problems because they don't have time to coach you one-on-one for 10 minutes as they probably should. Mm -hmm. So let's recap this disaster. And almost 100% of all the presentations you've given in your life up until you start working, you've given them to topics you never get to pick, to students who never listen to you, to teachers who never had time to coach you. And this behavior gets repeated in every single subject. Math, Mm -hmm. sciences, languages, gym, Mm -hmm. music. On and on and on, we're taught to believe that public speaking is a chore. It's a responsibility. If you're at school, it's tied to a grade. And if you're at work, it's tied to a result. So what's the punchline? The punchline is every time you fail in those environments, you get punished for it, whether it's a lower grade or a promotion you don't get. So we need to understand first, that the fear of public speaking has nothing to do with us but mm-hmm. rather the system in which we grew up learning it in the first place
1: wow i've real i never thought about that and that's such a great perspective and insight and information to know that you know a lot of times we focus on everything just being about us like we take everything personally because we are so uh, you know the world revolves around us of course <laughs> So we think everything must be about us and we're wrong or we're right or whatever the case may be. But no, that's a really good point. And I love the fact that you said that no one was ever there to coach you. And I mean, unless you go into college, into a public speaking course is when you actually gain any kind of information or insight or tips, you know, to how to be a good public speaker and think about how long that takes if you ever take that course. So I love that information you just shared.
0: Right, and even just to build on that one, Lindsay, even with the speech coaches, especially the ones in university where there's like a communication class for those who have taken it, it, it doesn't feel like a, an inspiring class. It's like, okay, Not guys, <laughs> you got to do uh, three speeches and I get to pick them and you don't have a say. And if you fail, uh, I'll give you a zero. And you're just like, okay, well, that's pretty inspiring to write. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously being sarcastic there. But the, the point is, <laughs> you know, like another, another way to kind of spin this to help us understand this better and then we can go into tactics is let's think about 14-year-old Julia. Why is it that when Julia is presenting, in her classroom, she's super afraid, but she's amazing at theater. No one really asks himself that question. Is it because Julia is an extrovert? Of course not. There's or because if that was the case, that you're essentially saying that every single girl in theater has to be an extrovert in the entire world. How does that make any sense at all? There has mm-hmm. to be some introverts that mm-hmm. love theater and do really well. So what's the difference? The difference between, let's say, me, the 14-year-old version of me and Julia is my perception of public speaking was, oh my God, it's like a chore. I got to get a good grade. Whereas when Mm -hmm. Julia looks at the same thing through theater, which is essentially public speaking, she says, wait a second, this is not a presentation. This is a performance. This is a Mm -hmm. way for me to share an idea that matters, to make a difference, to entertain, to help other people laugh, to feel a bit more happier. The perception that she has of public speaking in that context is completely different. So for us to solve this problem, we need to start seeing public speaking through the eyes of Julia and not the old version of me.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that as well. You know, using it as your moment to fully express yourself, not as a moment to, you know, like you're going to be criticized and judged so much about whatever it is that you have to say.
0: Absolutely. Completely agree.
1: Awesome. Wow. So how can someone start to shift their mindset? I mean, that's great to have that awareness about the fear. uh, But let's say it's like, well, how can I start? How can I start being more comfortable with public speaking? If that's something that is a part of like my purpose or my career or something that's going to help me advance in life?
0: Of course. And and the answer is a lot simpler than we think. So so let's simplify this for people. So the first Mm -hmm. question you need to reflect on is the following. How would the world change if you were an incredible speaker? So how would mm-hmm. the world be different if you were a top one or 2% speaker of the world? And what I mean by this is, a, is the following. A bad answer to the question is saying things like, "Uh, you know, Lindsay, like I get like a promotion at work and stuff, make more money. That, that's the wrong answer. You're not, you're not answering it the right way
1: because mm-hmm.
0: we need to realize that public speaking is not just about presentations. In fact, it's only a small part of this whole thing. Communication mm-hmm. is everything. It's the tough conversations you have with the people that you love. It's the dinner conversations that you have with your old friends. It's the fights that you have with your partner. It's the fights mm-hmm. that you have with your children, if you have any. It's it's everything from the business negotiations in town to the way that you meet strangers. Mm-hmm. When you think about public speaking through that lens, it's much easier for you to create a version of yourself being a great speaker. Because being a great speaker, by answering the question, doesn't mean, oh, I just present on, pres- on stages now, but it means, hey, I can actually communicate better with the people that I love. I mm-hmm. can reduce a lot of friction. I can have more meaningful conversations, build more meaningful relationships, and your whole life gets better. So the first step to mastering the fear is imagining a world in which you are an incredible speaker and painting that world for yourself.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. That's fantastic. Do you have anything that is, um, like, did you ever have an aha moment throughout your public speaking journey and and how you really built your confidence in that? As I know that public speaking is applied in every aspect in our lives, even to ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, a lot of people talk to themselves in the mirror. So, I mean, that's a whole other topic when it comes to self-talk. But was there ever, like, this aha moment that you had that was like, ah, I totally get it, or was it that? Was it the fact that it's applied in so many different areas?
0: No, absolutely, that's a beautiful question. So, the, the way that I think about it is the aha for me was when I realized what the best speakers in the world were doing and what the other 99% of people weren't doing. So, what mm-hmm. happens for most of us, and that's why we don't end up becoming great speakers, which I'm trying to fix, is that every time you think about your presentations in your life, you have probably given your presentations. Only one shot, which means Mm -hmm. you've only presented any given pitch only once. So think about your work presentation on Friday. You give it, you're done. You move on to the next Mm -hmm. presentation. But what the best in the world do, they only present one or two presentations, but they present it hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the number one example I can think of. Mr. Tony Robbins, right? He's been speaking on mindset and personal development for pretty much his whole life. He's been doing workshops for millions of people. So imagine Mm -hmm. you went to one of his seminars and he comes up to you and he goes, Hey, Lindsay, you know, I've been presenting this mindset thing for 35 years. You want to talk about porcupines instead this weekend? (laughs) You're going to look at him and say, look, Tony, I spent $2,000 to be here. I took three days of vacation. No, Tony, I want you to stay on topic. The same thing you gave the other millions of people. I want the Mm -hmm. same result. Give it to me. It's whereas a lot of people, they look at this and like, no, I got to change my topics. all day. No, that's actually the opposite. The mm. only reason we'll pay you is if you've done it so many times that we know you're the expert and we want to hear it from you. Mm. All of the great speakers, whether it's Gary Vaynerchuk, literally verbatim. Hey, guys, from Belarus, moved to the States. You guys got any questions for me? Same thing. gets paid 125 grand mm-hmm. to say that. What makes them incredible is their ability to do the same thing over and over and over again. I've personally given my keynote 400 times. Wow. Right that is how uh-huh. you get better. So if you're someone who's working in the corporate world right now, and you're thinking to yourself, like, I, usually, I, I like using Julie as a placeholder here. So let's, let's just keep playing <laughs> hey, with
1: Julie. Yeah, hey, Julie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like to use a pseudonym or stuff. something. But anyways, so, so Julie comes up to us and goes, okay, Brennan, this is all cool. This is all fancy, smancy and everything. But, but I, I work at a bank, nine to five. So how does this, how does this apply to me? My, my projects change all the time. So what do I do about this? So what I always tell someone like Julie, and I'm sure a lot of people resonate with that, whether you work in a bank or not, is this idea of what are you passionate outside of work? So when I ask Julie this question, she might say things like, well, Brendan, I don't understand the relevance of this. But if I had to answer the question, I would say, you know, running marathons, I've won a couple of medals. And I'll say, okay. And then she goes, oh, and I also parent my kids, you know, and I you know, I take care of them. And they, they all grew up to be really happy and successful all that stuff. And I go, okay. And she's like, oh, and I also love to cook. You know, I do all these healthy recipes. And I go, exactly. You just gave me three repeatable presentations. Mm-hmm. And then Julia's confused. She's like, what are you talking about? But you could make a presentation on your journey as a marathoner. You just mentioned that you won a couple of medals. So you're probably doing something right with that and help mm-hmm. other people with that. Second, parenting tips. A lot of parents out there could use your help and the experiences <laughs> you learned as a parent. And number three, healthy recipes. Talk to us about one of the two quick recipes that you've incorporating your life that that has led to, to the health that you have currently. So let's say she does the marathon presentation. She makes a presentation about her personal transformation, how she went on from you know losing X number of pounds, winning X number of competitions. Mm-hmm. What happens in that context, Lindsay, is all it takes is for three people to be listening to her. I don't know, her husband, I'm just using examples here, uh, mm-hmm. her kids, uh, family members, whatever. And one of those people comes up to her and says, Hey, hey, Julia, your, your presentation really made a mark on me. I went for a run this morning. Thank you so much. And now Julia gets addicted to public speaking. Same mm-hmm. analogy applies with you, Lindsay. Your presentation is actually a lot simpler than you think. It's your own podcast. What are you mm-hmm. trying to achieve with Heartblend? But the beauty of that type of episode, I uh, rather uh, presentation, is you can do it 500 times. Mm-hmm. So the first time you explain Heartblend, you might say, well, you know, it's a podcast where I share a purpose-driven work with people. But then, after when it's the hundredth time, you'll say, I remember now sitting in my basement one day. <laughs> you're, you're just going to. You just, yeah. How can we blend all of these emotions like a blender yeah. in a smoothie? And then you're on your way, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I really love how you mentioned that. I think that's something that we overlook is that you kind of build your brand, you build like a signature of yourself by talking about the same type of thing, the same topic. And I I love Tony Robbins. He's the person that actually got me totally into self-development and self-improvement after I realized there was like a whole nother world of thinking. And, and that's true. I mean, it's like sometimes you listen to these people and you can recite exactly what they're going to say every time, <laughs> but it's because it works. And uh, I love that, that it's really more of building your signature and building your brand whenever you are speaking. So that's an excellent point that you made.
0: Absolutely, Lindsay. And and to the second part of your question, since you asked about confidence, how do we build that? It seems like such a vague concept, right? Like, what does it even mm-hmm. mean? So, it so, let's, so let's build a bit on that. So there's a couple of things we need to think about. Two things in particular. One is the obvious one that I'll just get out of the room really quickly, which is preparation. You know if you just present more times, if you do more drills, if you jog a lot more, if you podcast a lot more, you'll just be better at it. Period. And that'll give you mm-hmm. confidence. But the second part that not many people talk about that I don't like, right? Let's talk with the let's talk about the advice I don't like first. This whole like, "Oh, you should like drink a glass of water before Lindsay, before every episode. If you just drink a glass of water. Oh
1: gosh. And you take
0: seven <laughs> seven deep breaths. By the way, power posing too. If you just jump up and down. I know Tony does that. But in general, this stuff doesn't work in my <laughs> mind. Let me tell you what. It's fixing the symptom and not the core issue. Basically, if I told you to breathe, Lindsay. Okay, first of all, that's something you're already doing. If you're not breathing, you, you, we wouldn't
1: be having this conversation. Exactly. It'd be right. a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> right.
0: But basically what I'm telling you, Lindsay, if I told you to breathe. I'm, I'm essentially telling you the fear that you have the lack of confidence that you have is right. You're not supposed to be confident. So breathe so that you forget that you weren't confident in the first place. What? Mm. Like that's not mm-hmm. helpful, right? So what's the solution right? that we've all been waiting for? The solution mm-hmm. is having a belief system in what you're actually presenting in the first place. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why are you on stage? What is the outcome? Why have you been chosen to give this thing? And I'll give you the best example, which is me. Not many people know this, but I started MasterTalk at the age of 22, and I started coaching CEOs at the age of 23. In other words, wow. what I'm saying, who in the hell am I to teach these corporate executives how to communicate to people that are triple my age? Mm-hmm. Right? Where does that confidence come from? Because so I'm sure a lot of you are looking, what? How, how is this guy so young? How does he yeah. know so much about bubbles? Like, that's
1: why I said, I'm telling you, man. It was those prenatal vitamins. Your mom had something we need, right? <laughs>
0: my, my mom was definitely a, a big influence in my life. But I, I think the idea, everyone. It's not just okay. One thing we'll get out of the way. It's it's not that I'm talking out of my you know what. You know I've presented yes, a, of lot. Course. Of a lot. There's a lot of preparation. There's credibility here. Right. There's definitely like you know by the time I was coaching CEOs, like I would presented what 600 times at that point. So like I knew mm-hmm. what I was talking about. It was. But that's the e- easy part, honestly. Like if you just if you don't know what you're talking about, like you shouldn't be speaking. So that's easy. But mm-hmm. the other part that was much harder for me to get through, which is where most of us struggle with, is the insecurity. But it's mm-hmm. the whole like, oh, I shouldn't be here at the imposter syndrome. Why am I in this room? Why am I even having this conversation, right? Who mm-hmm. chose me to do this, right? So how do we untangle that? The only way to untangle this efficiently and effectively is by having a point of view on how the world should be. Was I scared to speak to those executives? Absolutely. Am I scared now? Absolutely not. Why? Because I believe in a world where 16-year-old kids, 14-year-old girls, regardless of where they live and whether or not they can afford me, which is likely not the case, that they can still share their ideas with the world because it's those ideas that will make a huge impact. And I need financial resources to make the high-quality stuff that I do on YouTube. So if I Mm -hmm. don't coach these executives, I can't make Master Talk work. So I don't Mm -hmm. care what I need to do. I need to figure this out not because of some magic potion I drank before I went into the room, Mm
1: -hmm. but because
0: the work that I do matters for millions of people that are counting on what I do. And the Mm -hmm. simple question that you can ask yourself to figure that out for yourself, because I know I sound like a crazy kook right now, is the following (laughs) question. The question is, who suffers from your inability to take action? Mm -hmm. You don't want to get up on stage? Sure. But understand who suffers, and who gets hurt when you make the decision not to do that. Mm -hmm. And the more specific you are about that person, the more powerful the exercise becomes. For most people, Lindsay, the ultimatum is as follows. Option A is start the podcast, interview the guest, do the thing. Option B is watching Netflix. But
1: -hmm. for
0: Brendan and Probably even yourself, Lindsay. Option A is do the thing, make the Master Talk video, start the Heart Blend Podcast, or B, which in my case is a lot worse than most people, watch millions of people suffer around the world. There's mm-hmm. nobody on the planet who's currently making high-quality public speaking videos for a sixteen-year-old girl. I'm the only person in the world that she can relate to, because everyone else on the platform is in their fifties or forties or seventies. Right? Mm-hmm. So, every day that Brendan does not make the decision to make Master Talk videos, he is not only damaging Julia's ability to be a great speaker, he's damaging all of them. And not just mm-hmm. for today, but also tomorrow, since communication is something that never changes. So, that's why my content is three years ahead of schedule because I'm so obsessed about helping those people. And that's where the confidence comes from. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's very powerful. And, you know, throughout this series of kind of focusing on helping other people to not shrink themselves, I know some people do that where, you know, maybe they are good at something, but they've received some negative reinforcement for shining or, you know, be themselves just by being in, in an environment where other people didn't believe in themselves. Honestly, it's where it comes from. And then they try to project that out onto you. And then you kind of learn over time, like, okay, you get tired of the criticism or judgment. So you begin to shrink yourself, but over time you realize that doesn't work. And I love your insight that there is a bigger crowd that needs you. And, you know, you hold this responsibility to be that person because no one else is going to be able to do it for you or like you. And I really love that um, because not only, you know, are we basically showing up for ourselves but showing up for all those other people and that population that is craving what you have.
0: Absolutely, Lindsay. And just to kind of tie a bow on this since you talked about Tony Robbins, look, guys like him, just so people understand, he has zero incentive to even workshops workshop these days. The guy has a net worth of $200 million. He exactly. Doesn't, he, he doesn't need your... Uh, three, he's, he good. Doesn't, <laughs> he's good. He's like, good. I'm not saying he doesn't make good money at his workshop. He does quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not changing his standard of living. There isn't mm-hmm. a yacht. There isn't a, a trip. There isn't a person at this point that he can't meet. Right. He, he, can get he has access to everyone. His, his clients now are like hedge fund billionaires. If he wants access to somebody tomorrow, he can go talk to them. So why is he still... Doing date with destiny. Why is he still doing all these workshops and transforming people that are just sitting in the crowd? That will not change his lifestyle or life, because mm-hmm. that is what he's supposed to do. That mm-hmm. is where his happiness comes from. That's why he's so obsessed and he's been doing it his whole life. And how crazy he is. So I I think that that tells a lot s- about about how the top speakers in the world think. But I think the message for people in chapter one right now is you want to spend a lot of time reflecting on. These ideas of who am I trying to help? What am I trying to achieve? And is my important is my idea important enough to share? And here's the spoiler alert: I firmly believe in this idea that everyone's ideas are important to share. Because my mm-hmm. definition of that is not starting a YouTube channel or doing a podcast or being Tony. My definition of that is saying: does, is this helping one person? And the answer for all of us who are listening right now is yes. Which means, Mm -hmm. congratulations, you have an idea worth sharing. So go and share it and allow me to be the bridge, right? Because that's the goal, right? Watch the videos, learn the stuff, and go share your damn ideas to the world. That's that's the hope, anyways. Hopefully, somebody does something.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. Well, Brendan, I loved everything you had to say today. I love having other perspectives of something that's not in my brain that someone else can share. And I know you are pretty much a master at mastering your talk <laughs> so <laughs> i wanted you to be able to share that with us so thank you so much and where can anyone just find more information about you if they're not familiar your youtube and your instagram how can they connect with you
0: of course absolutely so for those who want to check out the youtube channel where i share all my knowledge for free that's master talk in one word on youtube you just type that up and it should pop up if you want to send me a message directly get in touch ask me a question, comment. The best way of doing that is Instagram and my handle is master your talk.
1: Got it. Perfect. All right, Brendan, do you have any last words or how are you feeling today?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Feeling great. This is a great conversation. And I guess I'll, I'll leave you all for, for those of you who have stuck 28 minutes of this conversation. I'll leave you with my, <laughs> uh, my favorite uh, quote, which is probably the most important piece of advice I'll give today. And that quote is as follows. Be insane. Or be the same.
1: If you mm. want to be
0: like everyone else, that's totally fine. But if you made it this far, you probably want to make a difference. You probably want to make a change in the world. So the only advice left to give is that the only way to do that is to be insane and learn the art of insanity. Don't you find it odd that a 22 year old kid started a YouTube channel, not on vlogs, not on pranks? not on comedy skits, but on public speaking and communication, then went on to coach C-level executives at the age of 23, but at the same time lives in his mother's basement, doesn't own a car, is literally talking to Lindsay right now on a mattress that he (laughs) sleeps on, and doesn't plan on moving out of his mother's house for a long time. Karaoke is in eight languages, you get the point. The (laughs) point that I'm driving is you're looking at me now and saying, wow, this guy's really bizarre, and that's the point. None of my decisions make any sense. but. If all of your decisions make sense to the only person that matters, which is you, you're probably making the right calls.
1: Perfect. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Brendan, for your time. I'll let you get back to your Sunday. And thank you so much for sharing yourself with us.
0: Of course. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.